Hello, and welcome to another edition of The More the Merrier. This is not a fundraising show, but the fundraising campaign for CIUT does continue. Our goal is $100,000 this year. I did not meet my $800 goal, but I'm very close. So for those of you who still want to donate, go to www.ciut.fm, click on the more the merrier, 1 to 2 p.m., and hit that donate button for my personal page to donate. So coming up on today's show, I will be speaking with Lori Yvonne Fraser and Jacinto Salcedo about the Upper Canada Choristers concert coming up on December 2nd. It's called What's Sweeter Music. Later on in the show, it'll be all music for you. So I hope you enjoy. Right now, you're going to hear from Juno nominee, Alex Bird, and this is called Fire Not Warmth, and then we'll head right into the interview. In your eyes I see a fire, but I don't see warmth. Fire in your eyes makes such a glow But your love is so cold Down the long dark corridors The ticking of a clock You keep all the hearts that you collect Right in a chocolate box In your eyes I see a fire I don't see one well, you are the queen of all you see You won't get me I heard a sailor, he broke your heart It's the only time you cried So you sang the song of the Lorelei He laid right down and died The night you say goes on and on the world just goes fast But that morning sun It ain't so fun When you're living in the past Well, in your eyes I see a fire I don't see one Well, you are the queen of all you see You won't get me you're listening to CIUT 89.5 FM. This is Donna G. And joining me are Lori Yvonne Fraser and Jacinto Salcedo. They're both with Upper Canada Choristers, and they're here to talk about what sweeter music, which is happening on December 2nd, but more about that. I'd like them each to introduce themselves. Lori, why don't you go first? Okay, thank you very much, Donna. Uh, so I'm the founding artistic director of the Upper Canada Choristers, uh, founded in 1994. We're uh, a community choir, uh, mixed voices. Uh, we uh, have a mission of uh, education and outreach to audiences that might not otherwise be able to access choral music. Fourteen years into our operation, we also started a wonderful Latin American chamber ensemble, Contemos, and I'm going to let Jacinto talk a little bit about that. So my name is Jacinto Salcedo, and I am a singer 
in uh, Upper Canada Choristers. I sing as a tenor, but as well, I work as uh, the coordinator of Cantemos, um, mostly because I speak Spanish and I can translate the lyrics of the songs and I can make conversations that sounds kind of interesting. And uh, additionally to that, I am as well being the producer of our concerts online, because one of the things that we're doing since COVID is streaming our concerts. So I'm putting together videos that introduce each song and uh, kind of we got rid of the uh, printed program notes. And now we're doing all of that on video that we play during our live concerts, but it, at the same time, it's streamed through uh, internet when we stream the concert. So, yeah, so I'm a multitasker, singer, and producer. Okay. And I think this idea of staying with hybrid performances that uh, people did during COVID, I think it's a way to, to grow audiences especially for those with accessibility issues. So I really appreciate that the Coursters is doing that with your technical help, uh, Jacinto. Uh, Lori, where does the name of this concert come from? What Sweeter Music? So What Sweeter Music uh, is uh, the name of a poem by Robert Herrick, and, and it was set, it's been set by a number of different composers, uh, but we're doing a setting of it by John Rutter, um, British composer, just beautiful setting. Uh, and I, I chose that as the title um, because there is so much beautiful music that has been inspired uh, by Christmas, by this season. Uh, and I really wanted to have a concert of beautiful music. Uh, so it seemed like uh, an apt title to uh, try to convey that. I understand you have some special guests at the concert. Pianist Taiwan. Yes. Yeah. So Cecilia is our regular pianist. We're very fortunate uh, to have her. She's just great. Uh, and um, and the um, choir is uh, one of the things that we're doing that's quite exciting this time is um, we're doing a uh, version of Silent Night. Uh, that is reflective of the diversity of our ensemble. Uh, so I don't know if you know this, but Silent Night is uh, the only universal carol, meaning it's sung everywhere in the world, um, not necessarily with the same lyrics as we're familiar with, um, but uh, it is known everywhere. And it was uh, declared uh, some time ago by UNESCO as, as a world heritage treasure. Um, so we're going to be singing it in 10 different languages uh, on December 2nd. Um, and as I say, they're all linked to us in one way or another. Uh, so that's an exciting project. We're going to talk about the history of the carol, and that's quite moving um, as well. Uh, you know, this carol that was created on, uh, for a Christmas Eve service where the organ was broken, and they weren't going to be able to have any music. Uh, and so the... Uh, music director took a, a poem uh, that the priest had written and set it um, for two guitars and voices, and that was that was the first um, Stille Nacht, uh, high in the Austrian Alps. And and then some um, time later, the word had gotten out, uh, and and much to the surprise of this very isolated community in the Alps, uh, 
they found out that this little carol of theirs had traveled the world. Uh, and by the time we get to the First World War, um, it is a piece that during the um, armistice, Christmas armistice, um, one of the uh, Germans, a tenor, sang it first in, in, uh, in German and then started singing it in English. And then the English um, soldiers started singing along and, and then they all came together and met in no man's land, recognizing that they had more in common than, than their differences were. So I find this just a profoundly moving idea then and it's certainly in accordance with what I think which is is music is one of the roads to peace. I didn't know the the backstory for for Silent Night and uh, you know coincidentally I was visiting my mom last night in her nursing home she's had a stroke and out of the blue she uh, she has problems speaking but uh, she started singing uh, Silent Night Wow. And, uh, so I thought when you mentioned it, I, I thought, wow, it really is universal. It really that is, is universal. so fabulous. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, uh, Jacinto, uh, tell us about Silent Night. Um, you're from Venezuela, correct? That is correct. So tell me about Silent Night, where you come from and how it's sung. So Silent Night for us is called Noche de Paz, which means Night of Peace. And the arrangement that we're going to sing is by, by one of our favorite uh, arrangers, uh, Cesar Alejandro Carrillo. And it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful piece. As Lori was saying, the lyrics have, they're slightly different from language to language. Um, in, Spanish, in Spanish, it says something like, um uh night of peace night of love everything around is peaceful um between the stars shining um uh, they, they are announcing the, the the birth of of our savior so as you see it's a little bit different than than silent night right um and and again it's funny because that that was one of the songs when I was a child in my country that I thought that was a Venezuelan song. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Interesting. It meant so much. It, it meant so much to us that it was one of our songs. One one song more um, more of our Christmas repertoire, right? Uh, it was only when I, I grew up that I understood that this was a song that was composing German. So, so I think it, it's interesting because I think um, every culture makes the song theirs, right? When you feel it and you, you, um, you belong to that song, right? And amongst the languages we're using this time around, um, we're singing in Japanese because we have Japanese members in our choir. We're singing in Tagalog because uh, we have choirs members as well that are Filipino and we're singing in Mohawk because we thought why not it's one of those languages that are endangered and and we need to keep spreading the knowledge and the culture of, of the language and our love for music. Laurie I'm going to turn it over to you because you are a composer 
Do you have Do you have any idea why this particular song um, is so popular? Well, I mean, I think uh, probably when it was written, which was in the early 1800s, um, it has a sort of folk song character to it. So I think, uh, although it's it's not necessarily the easiest one to sing, depending upon what key you're in, um, it has memorable elements um, uh, that folk songs have. Melodies that are beautiful, that are, are um, memorable. Um, so I, I think that that was part of it. I didn't hurt that uh, Frederick of Prussia decided that it was his favorite uh, Christmas song. Um, so, you know, it had certain supporters along the way. Um, but then I think, again, I think that the intent behind the song is um, more introspective in a way, Silent Night uh is is not um you know an overt celebration as it were uh but it is reflective of peace and and peace is something that everybody longs for i don't think it matters where you come from what your language is what your background your culture i think at heart we all long for peace we all long to get together uh along with other people and so i think that that um, that element was really important to it, it becoming so established. When I look at um, the translations of other languages, um, almost all of them reference peace, uh, and, and including languages like, like uh, Japanese, where the Japanese don't have, have a Christian um, culture. That's not what their, their uh, culture is based on. You know, it's, it doesn't contradict Christian culture, but it's not about that. It's about peace, and it's about inner joy. And it's not annoying. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> no, it's one of the few carols where if you hear it in the mall, you're not upset hearing it. I agree, totally. Whereas there are some others where you're thinking, oh no, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go over to, to you now, um, Jacinto. Uh, with um, O Magna Mysterium. Uh, you mentioned Cesar Alejandro Carillo. Uh, tell us about that piece. So O Magnum Mysterium is, um, is a piece of um, poem in Latin that basically tells the story of the Virgin Mary, saying that she, uh, well, it's a mystery that that the savior came from the wound of of uh, this virgin, and uh, it's a mystery, right? But the beauty of this um, of this piece in particular is like it's very reflective. It's very almost nostalgic. It's very reverent, right? And and that that is a beautiful thing from this song.
we're singing as well another song that I want to talk to you about. It's called El Noi de la Mara, which is in Catalan. Um, as you know, Catalan is one of the five languages of Spain. And, uh, and what is very interesting is like, as well, the people from Catalonia, they're not particularly very Christian. So this song, even that it talks about the baby Jesus, in, it talks about in a way that is very uh, particular. It says uh, the song of the of the mother. Uh, what can we give to the song of of that uh, mother to make him happy? Can we give him olives and figs, maybe some mild cheese? So it's a very beautiful song and, and it's very joyful and has drums in it but at the same time it has like this kind of um i don't know i wouldn't say naughty but like funny part of it right it makes it a little bit uh it's joyous right so it's a completely different uh set and mood than omanio mysterium which is more reverent and very 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 religious song right so it's funny because our program has those kind of contrasts, right? We have very sacred music and we have music that even though is sung within the um, winter and Christmas tradition, they're not uh, too religious, so to say. Okay. And Lori, uh, you've written a piece. Tell us about that, please. Yeah, so uh, some years ago, uh, I was um, visiting uh, France, uh, visiting friends. And uh, while we were in Paris, uh, I said that one of the things I had to do was I wanted to go to a service at uh, Notre Dame Cathedral, uh, a plain chant. So I, I wanted to hear uh, the music that would have been sung there when uh, Notre Dame was first constructed. Uh, and it was an incredibly moving experience for me to hear this, to look at, at the structure and to, to almost feel the vibrations of the music through the centuries and, and to listen to this music. And so when I came home, I thought uh, I needed to write something uh, to express that feeling of wonder that I had. Uh, and so I decided I wanted to write a Christmas song and I wanted to write it in the style of um, chant. Uh, so I picked a, a Latin text, uh, Dormi Jesu, which means um, sleep Jesus. And it talks about uh, the baby uh, being restless and crying and the mother not being able to get sleep because uh, of the baby's restlessness. And then I thought, I don't really want to do an English translation. What I'd really like to do is have a text that um, that talks about things from the mother's standpoint, from Mary's standpoint. Um, so uh, Jackie Atkin, who is uh, the president of the Upper Canada Chorister, she and I founded the, the uh, Choristers um, low those many years ago. <laughs> I asked her if she would um, think about it and, and come up with some text. So the text is partly in Latin and it's partly a poem that she wrote. Um, and it starts off very uh, plainly. Um, there's some uh, solo at the very beginning, uh, and then it gradually develops and other voices come in, but it retains this sense of 
the sound of plain chant. So one of the things in, in at that time, uh, they held uh, different intervals uh, than we do uh, to be uh, more consonant, more more pleasing to the ear. So fourths and fifths were very common, where, um, you know, in more modern times, we tend to, to think everything needs to have a third. We have to, to hear it as major or minor, augmented, diminished. Um, and and there is a modal uh, sensibility to this that, again, is in keeping with the time. Laurie, I'm going to stop you there because you okay. said some words that are not going to make uh -huh. any sense to some people. Okay. Um, major and minor and diminished. Okay, so there are different uh, harmonies that can be created. Uh, generally speaking, you have to have three notes to create a harmony. And so uh, a major harmony would be like do, mi, so. Uh, and a minor harmony would, would, instead of having the mi as the middle note, would have a lowered note. Uh, we often tend to think, and it's not really true, but a lot of people think that sad music is in minor keys and happy music in, is in major keys. Um, and then we can branch out from there. We can have diminished, which, which means um, it's a darker sound. Um, and uh, these are all harmonies that are in all the music that we hear, uh, whether it's classical music or popular or rock or whatever. Um, but uh, that sense of harmony that we have now was not uh, what their view of music was and at a thought in the year 1000, which is basically when, when Notre Dame was constructed, they had a totally different sense of it. And so when we hear plain chant, we hear um, that it's quite different. And yet it's so comforting to many of us. It feels so natural uh, and, uh, and so um, meditative. Jacinto, how difficult is it for you to have the choir uh, sing in Spanish because, as you said, it's a it's a mixed group. So we sing cantemos ensemble. We that is what we're trying to specialize on, right? Singing uh, repertoire from Latin America, which means we sing mostly in Spanish and Portuguese, sometimes in Latin. So we're pretty used to it. Uh, however, we, uh, we've been making a big deal out of the whole choir to sing not only in Spanish, in different languages. We think um, that, and maybe Laurie can, can be more technical about this, but when you're a singer and you learn to sing in different languages, m musically, it makes you understand better. So for us in Upper Canada Choristers and Cantemos in particular, singing in different languages is very, very important. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just going to, to jump in here and say, uh, so for, for some, some people listening to this going, well, why would singing in different languages? Um, we listen differently. If we are really going to sing properly in another language, we need to hear the differences in the vowels and, and what is the sound? How is it different? Um, and so any of those those um, things um, enable us to hear more acutely, which then translates into, uh, you know, a better result in our sound as we sing. Uh, and um, a better understanding also of the cultures that, uh, that we're visiting uh, in, in these different languages, because language is culture. Um, if if a language disappears, then that culture is gone as well. Uh, so um, so the singing in different languages is is enriching on on many different levels. And also, just basically, 
the way you place your tongue in your mouth and oh, how absolutely. you sing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and it's interesting because English is, um, <clears throat> excuse me, actually one of the hardest languages to sing in and get a beautiful sound. Uh, and uh, often English singers think, oh, we're singing in English, this will just be a piece of cake. But we don't necessarily sing it the way that we would say it because sometimes we have a regional accent that we don't want to be in the music depending upon where, where it comes from, who has written it. Um, and so, uh, so all of this means that we need to just pay more attention to the sound. Uh, and let's face it, the sound is all important if you're a singer. Jacinto, uh, so you've been working on the video component. So how do people join um, the streaming? So we would love to have this year more audiences. And so we are encouraging people first to come to our concert uh, live in person that is on um, Grace Church on the, on the Hill um, on Friday the 2nd at 7 p.m. For those who cannot come to our concert, those with uh, limitations due to sickness or ability to move, or even if they're in a different country, we ask them to go to our website, which is uppercanadachoristers.org. And we have a, a link very prominent on the landing page. The tickets in person are $25. Is there a fee for, um, for the streaming? No, the, the streaming is free, and, and, and that is always a challenge, right? Because we are still um, incurring in every single expense that we do to put a live concert. So we are always asking for donations, and, and we are a charity, uh, charitable organization. So we need to, we count on our uh, donors and sponsors. So even that is, uh, open and it's free, the streaming, we always encourage our audiences uh, for donations. That's a perfect way for people to contribute if they can't go, and but if they can afford to donate is to, to give back. Uh, pretend you're going to the live concert and maybe just pay for it um, online or donate what you can, um, as I like to say. Um, every little helps with nonprofits and charitable organizations. So this is happening on Friday, December 2nd, as Jacinto said, 7.30 at Grace Church on the Hill, 300 Lonsdale Road in Toronto. And uh, they can also call 416-256-0510. And uh, thank you both for joining me to talk about this event. It sounds like um, a wonderful w winter celebration, uh, Christmas celebration, and people can uh, join online or in person. And uh, I'm sure this year you'll get more people in person um, join, joining in. Um, what are the COVID protocols? Will everybody be asked to wear a mask? Uh, so we're, we're uh, recommending that people uh, mask. We'll have signage to that effect, but uh, it's not a requirement. The choir will be masked. Uh, and uh, we will make sure that there's a, a bit of space between the choir and the audience, even though we are masked, so that uh, uh, the audience uh, can remain safe. 
uh, because safety is, is important to all of us. So let me get this straight. The, uh, the choir will be singing while masked? Yes. Ah. Yeah, we have been we've been masked uh, for the last many concerts now, ever okay. since uh, COVID started. Uh, there are just uh, too many concerns about transmission through aerosols. Exactly. So, uh, and we uh, don't want to jeopardize anybody. Safety first. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Lori, thank you for joining me, and Jacinto, gracias. <laughs> <laughs> gracias, Donna. <laughs> thank okay. you so much, Donna. My pleasure. That was my chat with Lori Yvonne Fraser and Jacinto Salcedo about the Upper Canada Choristers concert on December 2nd. The website is uppercanadachoristers.org. That's Upper Canada, C H O R I S T E R S dot org. The two tracks that you heard during that interview were called. O Magna Mysterium and El Nascimento. Coming up in the next half hour, I'll be playing some music for you so you can just sit back and relax. Going to get things started with some Nubia Garcia. Let your inhibitions flow with the wind to the sea. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Once again, Ernest Dawkins, saxophone. Corey Wilkes, trumpet. Fareed Hawk, guitar. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to The More, The Merrier. This is Donna G. And I just want to let you know what you've been listening to on the second part of the show. We started with Nubia Garcia, Boundless Beings. Then we transitioned into the live recording by the Ethnic Heritage Ensemble, Black as Vera Cruz. Then the Juno Award-winning group, Okavango Orchestra, right here out of Canada and Bilan. And we're going to end now with a track from a defunct label, Public Transit Recordings. The CD was called Code 416, and you're going to hear Dubwise by Adam, A-A-D-M. As usual, you can reach me at www.ciut.fm. All my socials are there. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.